Welcome to the York County Economic Alliance podcast series. I'm your host, Jason McSherry, and today I would like to welcome our guest, Shauna Taroso, Chief Executive Officer at the Realtors Association of York and Adams Counties, or RAYAC, and Brandon Knob, Board Chair for the York County Builders Association and Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Cameo Services, Inc. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the residential housing market and dive into some of the challenges that are taking place in the real estate market, residential construction, and remodeling. Um, But before we get started, would you both like to just share a little bit more about your organizations and what you do for in in your roles? So uh, starting with with Shauna, would you tell us a little bit about RAYAC? I would love to. And and thank you, Jason. We appreciate the opportunity to share one of our big passions, which is real estate in the building industry with everyone today. So at RAYAC, we are a 1300 um, realtor member organization in a two-county area, York and Adams County here in central PA. And the best way to describe what we do is we liken it to we're a chamber of commerce for realtor members. So we provide Um, our members with the tools and the services that they need to conduct a successful real estate business. So things such as the real estate forms that they use, the contracts, the listing agreements, lock boxes, the MLS service, continuing education, we provide advocacy and news and information for our members. But in addition to that, we also are very big on giving back to our community and we have a 501c3 sister foundation where we raise funds for housing related charities in York and Adams counties and do lots of community outreach events like a homeless outreach event that we conduct each year and park cleanups throughout the community to make sure that York and Adams County is a great place to live, work, play, and learn. That's awesome. Um, and you know what, you only hit on a couple of them. I know that uh, RAYAC's been involved with Habitat for Humanity over the years and paper shredding events, uh, you name it. You, these guys are really involved in the community. So um, not only are you helping everybody find their dream homes, you really are making a difference for everybody that lives in, in York and Adams County. Brandon, how about you? Can you tell us a little bit about the Builders Association and then specifically also uh, with Cameo Services? Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, Shauna, that was that was a great explanation as well uh, of RAYAC. Um, so the Builders Association was established in 1964, and our, our simple mission is to be uh, the trusted resource of the building industry and our community. Uh, we have just under 400 members currently, uh, and we are second in the state uh, with Builder. We offer Builder members, uh, affiliate members as well, associate members. Uh, really anybody that deals with the the building industry in any way. Um, Cameo Services, uh, our business, we're a locally family-owned and operated restoration company, so we handle property damage restoration. Um, We've been members of the Builders Association since uh, we were established in 1980. Uh, Locally, I think some some really great things that the the Builders Association does, uh, we started a Workforce Now program uh, recently, uh, that was developed two years ago now, uh, and that's really designed to uh, address the labor shortages and really try to to push some of the uh, open job opportunities uh, onto younger generations and really show them the opportunities that are out there for a, a lifelong career. Uh, not only that, but a passion, um, 
you know, and, and uh, represent the trades as well. So. I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, I wasn't anticipating touching on that, but uh, that is a huge need. And uh, we could probably spend a whole nother podcast just talking about that workforce development program. Um, maybe we can touch on that in a future, future interview here. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've definitely got our hands full with some things that are taking place here today. Uh, so let's, let's just jump right into it here and start with the real estate market itself. Uh, Shona, we have been seeing this market explode over the last few years. What is going on and why has it been so difficult for house hunters to, to buy a home? Yeah, it's the best thing we can describe the way the real estate market has been over the past two years is just, it's incredible. It's like nothing we've ever seen before. We just keep on hit sitting record after record after record. Everything from in, in 2020, we had the highest median home sale price we ever had in the history of York County at $200,000. The largest number of homes we ever sold in one single year in 2020, the year of the pandemic, when in-person real estate activity was essentially shut down by the administration of Pennsylvania for three months. We still sold the largest number of homes we've ever sold in 2020. Fastest moving market we've ever seen. Uh, Right now, median days on market is five days and the lowest inventory levels we have ever had. And so while 2020 was incredible, 2021 is proving to be even more incredible. So the home sale prices are 12% up over where they were last year at this time. So now we're at $212,000 for the median home sale price. And the number of home sales is up 29% year over date. And it's just been an incredibly fast paced moving market. And so what's really driving it? What, what, what happened to get us to where we are today? So before the pandemic, there was a drive and a a really big push for home buyer demand out there. And that was driven for a couple of reasons. You know, number one, interest rates. Interest rates continue to be at historic lows. And right now in a local community bank is offering a 30-year fixed rate at 2.875. And that's not even the lowest it's ever been. But think about it. We're less than 3%. If you purchased a home in the 80s and you paid you know, 12, 13, even 15%. This is just incredible to think how inexpensive it is to get a home loan today and getting a 30-year fixed rate at less than 3%. So that's one of the driving factors in the home purchasing. Uh, The second driving factor is millennials. So millennials are now, have quickly become our largest population segment. And the average age of millennial now is 35 So that is like a prime home buying season. People are typically, you know, getting married, maybe having children. They're looking to to either buy that first time home or maybe upgrade from what they have when they were that first time single person who purchased a home. So that has really been driving the market too. But then this is all pre-pandemic and then the pandemic hit and everything surrounding the pandemic just made the home buyer demand go up even higher. And why is that? Well, as a result of the pandemic, people's housing circumstances changed. There were things that they needed out of their home that they didn't need prior to that. All of a sudden, they might have been working from home. 
They wanted to do more entertaining at home because they couldn't really go out and do anywhere. So they wanted more space. They wanted more of a backyard. They need an extra bedroom for that office, or maybe that's where they were homeschooling children. So then there was an even greater push for people who needed a different type of house because of the pandemic. And then on top of that, the millennials who may not have been able to get into the home buying market all of a sudden may have decided during the pandemic, maybe they're going to move back in with mom and dad and stop renting for a while, save up funds. They got stimulus money on top of it. And because it was a pandemic, they couldn't spend their funds anywhere else. So they were saving. So the savings rate's never been higher than it has been in the country right now. So people are now looking to spend it. And so it's really driving this force of people wanting to get into housing market because it is the number one way to build wealth in our country. So all of those things are driving that demand out there. And as that demand keeps going up and up and up, the supply of what we have available for homes continues to dwindle. And we are at our record level low in terms of month supply of inventory, which right now is 0.86 months. So it's not even one month. It's just shy of a month. And a balanced market is a six month supply of inventory. So when we're at this record low inventory levels, the demand is so high, simple supply of, or, you know, simple law of economics, you got a high demand, you have a low supply, the prices are going to go up. And so that's really in a nutshell, what's going on in the real estate market right now. Wow. Sounds like it is the perfect recipe of a lot of ingredients coming together that are just creating an unusual uh, scenario. And, and as you said, less than a month worth of supply, which I guess is why a house is averaging only five days on the market. Yep. And wow. there is a hesitancy while it's an, it's an incredible time to sell your home, incredible time. There's a hesitancy among sellers to put their house on the market because they can't find anywhere to go. They can't find a home that they want to buy or they're getting outbid on other offers. And so that's also stifling our supplies because sellers are reluctant to put their house on the market because they don't want to be homeless either. So it's, it's really an interesting mix of things that are happening out there. That's definitely a valid concern. Um, I, you know, flipping to the other side of that residential real estate side, I know that in the past when, when people didn't find a house that they liked, usually they could look towards new construction to kind of make that house of the dreams. Uh, but Brandon, how has new constructive uh, been affected by these challenges that are taking place right here with going on? And, and what is going on in, this, in the world right now with building supplies? So that's a, uh, an interesting thing. And, and Shauna sort of hit it the nail on the head there with, with the economics of supply and demand. And we're seeing that in our industry as well. Um, you know, it doesn't affect the, the new home construction quite as much, uh, uh, you know, because money is still uh, relatively cheap uh, right now, as far as the rates to, to get, uh, you know, to get approved and um, to buy a new home. However, we are seeing a lot of people that are still wanting to remodel their homes, whether it's stimulus checks, uh, whether it's home equity loans, uh, maybe they have equity built up and, and they can refinance at lower rates. And uh, they're realizing that they are working from home or um, able to work from home. Uh, so we see it a lot. Um, you know, the, the actual uh, lumber, you know, pricing has been difficult. Uh, I think that before the pandemic hit, um, you know, everybody mills were trying to get rid of inventory. They were thinking that people were going to stay home, not be spending money, not be, uh, 
you know, rebuilding or, or doing any remodeling. And it's been quite the opposite. I think, you know, when people stay home, uh, woodworking and remodeling could be a hobby for some as DI, you know, do it yourself projects and they're going to hit big box stores. And, uh, there was definitely not a lumber, uh, you know, shortage as far as demand was concerned. Um, however, the supply just wasn't there. Um, so it, it absolutely raised prices, uh, you know, as of May, this year it was up 300 percent uh pre-pandemic so when you start talking about 350 to 500 dollars per thousand you know feet of lumber uh that skyrocketing to 1515 dollars it does make people second guess uh, a little bit what they want to do from a remodeling standpoint um you know it's not like there are many decks being built for example um, however, when there are already structures there, how can they improve that to add some value to their property, um, whether they're going to be reselling uh, or converting into a home office space um, or have family that will be moving back in, you know, during tough times, maybe they need extra bedrooms or whatever the case may be. So, um, you know, I think in, in the month of May, I think the number was around 8% uh, decrease uh, in new home or remodeling construction as far as lumber sales was concerned. Um, but recently, as of last week, it was back down 49%. So the market's been really volatile. Uh, it's been up and down. Um, not certain that it will go back to pre-pandemic pricing of that $350 to $500 of per thousand square feet. Um, you know, it's really up to uh, our our Pennsylvania Builders Association, our National um, Home Builders Association, uh, you know, from a political standpoint, there are some things that occur. Most of our lumber gets uh, basically produced in the Pacific Northwest and Canada. Um, so there are some things politically they're working on as far as tariffs are concerned. Um, I think the administration wanted to double tariffs of, of lumber that was brought in from Canada and and the uh, NAHB stepped in and, and really slowed that process down and, and said, hey, the, you know, the supply is already low. We need more lumber and we need to increase the supply um, to have the, the pricing go down. So there's a wide range. I think that overall people still want to make improvements to their homes um, through the remodeling and, and through the York Builders Association and talking to like-minded businesses. Uh, Quite honestly, we've been we've been slammed for a while with work, um, and it's been you know weeks, months to find a, a high quality remodeler uh, that could get a project started. So, you know, luckily people have still wanted to add value to their homes. And I, and I know you mentioned lumber, but I, I've heard that it's uh, a lot of the building supplies across the full spectrum are in that similar scenario with the prices jumping or being quite volatile. Is that, is that true? That is correct. And uh, there are a couple different reasons for that. You know, I, I did mention the workforce now program that we have, but there was definitely a labor shortage that was caused by this pandemic. Um, obviously, you know, people staying at home uh, for, um, you know, health reasons, uh, some, um, you know, and it really, uh, not only does that lumber have to be produced, it has to be, you know, driven across the country to supply houses and to mills. And um, basically at every, every avenue, there was a challenge as far as finding labor to, to get the job done. 
Um, so all those things added up. Uh, we also have, we had a, um, excuse me, sorry. We also had, uh, you know, for example, uh, this is just something on a different topic, another material, but paint, um, place where we buy our paint uh, is produced in Texas. Texas had that big freeze. Uh, they had, you know, so they basically lost a lot of their supply of paint. Uh, because of the temperatures that they were getting down there in Texas and how long that freeze was. So um, there's a lot of different avenues and it seems like everything was like perfect storm hit all at once and um, it's causing shortage of, of uh, materials. And not just even as, as Brandon pointed out, a lot of those raw materials like the lumber and the and paint and things like that that you need to physically build the home, but also the things you need to make the home operate. Appliances is another huge issue that there are really long lead times for. And a lot of that's driven by the decrease in the microchips. So before, you know, average wait time for an appliance might've been two weeks and now it's, it's upwards of seven to eight months. So you, you can't live in a house without a refrigerator, washer, dryer, um, stove, oven, things of that nature. And if you're having to wait, if you can physically get the home built, you can't live there until you have those certain appliances to make it happen, so. And I think in, in general, you know, just in, in our world with our business, you know, customers are, are aware of what's going on uh, in the world right now. And obviously, you know, happy to be through the pandemic and happy to be sort of on the other side coming out of this pandemic that we're in. Uh, and they've been very understanding and willing to work with us, uh, you know, our business, Cameo Services, on, you know, any type of delays that we see due to materials, um, product pricing, so forth. So, um, you know, really, I think everybody in general is just happy to be going in the right direction now. And it sounds like you said that a lot of these prices are very volatile and swing back and forth. Is, is that something you see continuing in the industry for the rest of this year? Or is something, is this, do you anticipate this balancing out at some point or maybe heading into 2022? I think it'll head into 2022 uh, in a sense, but um, really, you know, I, I don't think it'll ever go back to pre-pandemic pricing. I think that, you know, uh, people understand that it, it costs a little bit more to operate businesses now, um, you know, whether it's, you know, PPE that, that companies have to wear, masks or anything, hand sanitizing stations. I mean, different things that we have to do now to protect ourselves from, from COVID or from uh, you know, to, to operate as a business. And those things, unfortunately, can get uh, pushed on to product pricing. It's going to, you know, cost more to uh, produce a product or to transport a product or uh, gas prices rise. So there's a lot of different things that, that cause increase in pricing. And from the material standpoint, this is definitely something that's taking place across the entire country, uh, probably even internationally, as you were talking about tariffs coming in from other countries and uh, issues in Texas that per, uh, slowed up production of materials. From the real estate side, how, how does York County compare to nationwide? Is, this, is, is the supply and demand issue something that's a little bit more relative to our area, or is this something being experienced across the country as well? So it's definitely a nationwide problem. And in fact, in May, nationwide median home sale price reached its highest level ever, which was 
and all of the regions. So when the National Association of Realtors looks across the country, they separate they separate it out into the different regions, the Northeast, um, Southwest, Northwest, Central part of the country. All of the regions in the country experienced double digit median home sale price increases in the first quarter of this year. So that's that's truly incredible. So it really is a nationwide problem, not just what we're experiencing regionally. But the one thing I do think that may make your county a little bit unique is yes, everybody is dealing with this issue of a lack of inventory. I've heard that in our, our area, and when I'm looking at comparisons across the country, our lack of inventory seems to be a little bit worse than other parts of the country. Um, being below a month is, is pretty, pretty tight. And the one contributing factor that I see to that is in York County, in my opinion, we have been underbuilding for over a decade new homes in our county. I mean, in the 2000s, on average, in the 2000s, we were building, and even in the, in the late 1990s, York County residential building permits were typically around 2,300 a year issued. And then we hit the peak in 2005, and at that point, we were the fastest growing metro area in the Northeast, and we had 2,600 building permits issued in 2005. And then we had the bubble that happened 2007, 2008, and then things really went downhill to the point that we were building below a thousand new homes a year from 2009 all the way through 2018. And in some, some years we were only building 600 homes. So we were building half of what we were in the late nineties and early two thousands. And even in 2020, we only issued 1,000 100 building permits in your county. So half of what we were in the 2000s and our population has only grown in our York County community. So we haven't been building enough to equate to our population growth and the housing demands that we have in our community. And that's something that we really need to turn around if we wanna address the issue of supply of homes in our community. Wow, I did not realize that it had been so stagnant for so long. I mean, you would have expected that in 2010, 2012, 2014, but you're saying that this trend has continued all the way up till even last year. So that's, that is really surprising. Mm -hmm. It's a big problem that we need to figure out, wrap our hands around and, and all of the issues as a result of the pandemic have only made it worse, you know, especially given the labor shortages, giving the building materials. And let's be honest, land isn't cheap either. And you want to make sure that you're directing growth into the appropriate areas. So we can't just grow over the entire county. We have to make sure that we are targeting the growth in the areas where we can accommodate it with the appropriate infrastructure being available too. So we have to be very strategic on how we address this issue in the future. But if we don't address it, this problem of lack of supply and double digit increases in median home sale prices will only continue. Michelle, I didn't realize that either um, up until 2018. Uh, that's where, like you said, I mean, the material pricing, the lumber prices, you know, when it costs on average thirty-five dollars to $40,000 more to build a new home, now just mm-hmm. due to the lumber prices, uh, naturally that's going to be, you know, make people second guess. Do they want to build a new home or do they want to to buy a home? Um, And we have a lot of people that are also 
interested in staying in their homes and doing some and and remodeling their homes as well. So that's that's one of the other key points as as far as why we're seeing, you know, for the last really the last couple years, uh, a really big drive in remodeling projects, um, you know, due to those rising lumber costs and due to the short supply of of homes on the market. Um, you know, they're not lasting long, getting multiple bids, all those types of things. So it's it's a great time to sell. And like Shauna touched on earlier, you know, not the greatest time to, to buy necessarily. Um, the other thing that we are seeing though as well is, is due to lumber prices. So like multifamily uh, and renting is, is popular, but that rent's even increasing. I mean, when you start talking about multifamily uh, homes uh, going up, 13,000 per unit, you know, that obviously they can then increase their rent. I mean, um, so it amounts to about $120 a month um, increased rent. So, uh, you know, hopefully we, we get on the right track here as far as, you know, numbers coming back towards, um, you know, where they were pre-pandemic um, as far as lumber prices, but I'm not sure we're going to get there anytime soon. So. And that's a, a great segue into the another question then about affordable housing. As you mentioned that rental prices have been soaring, uh, real estate has been soaring, construction prices have been soaring. Wages probably have not been keeping up with that. And I believe, what, Sean, am I correct? Is it 30% of your income is, is considered to be affordable housing? Is, if it's, is it still 30%? Um, and how is this all... Yeah. Are we seeing a decrease in the amount of affordable housing availability? So um, absolutely. Now, the one thing that is a saving grace is that we do have those very low interest rates. So that is helping to balance out some of the um, increased housing prices in terms of affordability because rates have remained low. If you imagine if rates were, let's say, at 6% and we had the same type of increases in housing prices, the cost to own a home have really gone up substantially for the consumer. But there was a recent study that was done by a, um, um, a database company called Adam, and they indicated that 61% of the counties in the U.S., the homes are less affordable than they were one to two years ago. And so, um, so today, on average, people in the United States are spending 25% of their income on housing-related costs, so their mortgages, their home insurance, their property taxes. And two years ago, it was 22%. So we've gone up 3% of your um, income increase to go towards housing-related costs. And now most lenders will not allow you to spend more than 28% of your income on housing related costs. So, you know, we're at 25%, we're not that far off from that 28% mark where a lender will say, you got to buy a cheaper home or, you know, maybe getting into the home buying market isn't for you because you can't get a loan based upon um, how much that housing costs versus your income. So yes, it is a very, very big concern. And again, the way we address it is we need to inject more supply into our housing market. And one of the best ways to do that is to create more supply and build more. And as we start to hit, get closer to that ceiling, I know you had mentioned earlier about the housing bubble from 2007-2008. I'm sure that a lot of people are looking at this and thinking, wait a minute, are we on the cusp of another bubble? But 
there's a lot of different scenarios taking place today than there was 10 or 15 years ago when that, when that bubble occurred, right? I, I, I'm so glad you asked this question because actually in terms of real estate, this is the number one question on Google is, is this a housing bubble? Is a bubble about to burst? And there's a lot of things to keep in mind here because what caused the housing bubble in 2007 and 2008 and what's happening right now are two very different scenarios. So if we look back to 2007 and 2008, there, there are three main things that cause the housing bubble. The, the one is low down payments. So back in 2007, the, the average down payment was 9%. Today, it's 16%. So that's a good thing because having more of a down payment means people have more equity in their home. So the, the, the fear of foreclosure is decreased by having more equity built up into your home with your down payment. Um, the second thing that caused the housing bubble back in 2007, 2008 was flexible mortgage rates. So I think many of you are, remember that time period where you basically you, you fogged a mirror and you got a home loan and, you know, things have really kind of gone in the other direction where at some points it felt like you had to promise your firstborn child in order to get a mortgage product. Um, but, you know, back in 2007, 2008, there, there were these interest only loans that people weren't paying anything to their principal, only the interest payments. And then they were flexible and adjustable and all sorts of crazy things going on that really drove the housing crisis that we had because of those really bad mortgage products. So back in 2007, and that was 15% of homes purchased were some sort of an adjustable mortgage rate. And today only 4%. So like I said, interest rates are so low, you're locking in, you know, even less than 3% for a 30 year rate. So it's very different than when it was back in 2007. Um, the third uh, thing that drove the housing bubble back in 2007, 2008 was oversupply. So there was a lot of construction going on. There was an oversupply of homes to necessarily that was over and above what we needed to meet our housing population needs. And today we have that exact opposite problem. In fact, back in 2007 in the country, there was 4 million homes available. Uh, you know, today in the country, there's 1.1. So we have four times more housing supply available back in 2007, 2008 than we have right now. So what all of that means is like, when we listen to, and you know, two of my favorite guys that I listen to, my gurus in the real estate industry to get advice over what's going on are Dr. Lawrence Yoon, who's the chief economist for the National Association of Realtors, and Brian Buffini, who runs a um, real estate coaching training conglomerate for the past 30 years in California. I think these guys have made a lot of great predictions in the past, and both of them have indicated that this is not a housing bubble. There is no immediate danger that something is going to burst. And um, Dr. Lawrence Yoon even indicated that even if we do see a deceleration in prices and prices do come down a little bit, what you're not taking into consideration is there are so many home buyers who have been trying to purchase a home and who have gotten outbid eight, nine times, maybe have decided I'm going to take a breather. I'm going to take a pause. I'm going to pull myself out of this market because I can't, I can't keep on getting my heart broken over and over again. And then when prices start to come down and you might see those people coming back into the marketplace again, because they're going to take a second bite at the apple because they weren't able to do it in the, in the past few months. But one thing I would like to share too, is if anyone is having trouble making their mortgage payments 
you need to be reaching out to your service provider to see if there are forbearance programs that you might be eligible for. And if you aren't able to get assistance through your um, service provider, there are two great resources in your county. You can call the Community Progress Council. They have housing counselors who can talk about your specific needs and help get you and guide you in the right direction to avoid any type of foreclosure issues. And also the YHAP program in York also has housing counselors available. So if you are struggling to meet your mortgage payments, you need to be proactive and start taking those steps now to see if there are some programs that you can get yourself into to get you back on track. Excellent point. I'm glad you actually mentioned those. Um, for anybody that does need that resource, uh, I don't think there probably are as many people in York County that know that those resources are available as, as should be. Um, so if anybody is that in that scenario or you know somebody that's in that scenario, two great places to turn to for some help uh, if you can't find some assistance through your service provider. Uh, I know we're starting to run a little bit short on time. One quick thing I wanted to touch on before we go, uh, Brandon, Workforce Now, can you just give us a quick encapsulation of what that program entails and where somebody that's interested in learning more about it or potentially enrolling in the program can go to, to get more information. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, so a few years ago, we, we started the Workforce Now program uh, to address the labor shortage in the service industry uh, and specialty trades industries. Um, Really what we're doing is we, we have some construction days that we've hosted at local high schools, local trade schools uh, to try to, um, you know, really get out there and, and show students what opportunities are available, not only uh, to make a couple bucks here or there, but to, to start a lifelong career. I mean, there's uh, whether you talk about plumbing or carpentry or HVAC work, electrical work. I mean, there's there's many very good paying jobs, very, you know, great paying jobs. Uh, College isn't for everybody. Uh, certainly a four-year college uh, isn't for everybody. Two-year trade schools, there are many routes you can go with apprenticeship programs. Uh, really just getting involved with, with local businesses that are uh, even small family businesses, locally owned and operated family businesses, um, larger corporations. I mean, there's, there's many routes to go and, and specialty trades are always gonna be around. You know, that's the thing is that, you know, you don't necessarily need a professional degree for that. Uh, however, you know, people are always going to be looking to remodel their homes. The housing market is always going to be changing. Uh, new homes are always going to be, uh, you know, desired. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity there for a, a long lasting career and, and rewarding career as well, because you, know, you get the opportunity to help a lot of people uh, or see a finished product that you created yourself. And there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of great feelings that go along with that and the, the accomplishment that goes along with that. So, um, you know, really Workforce Now uh, has been a program that, that has gained some traction with, with local schools, Dallas Town School District, Red Lion, uh, York Botech, uh, really some of their uh, career, they're starting to incorporate things in their career path programs um, and, and have students you know, reach out to us with job openings, uh, whether they're internships or apprenticeships and, and really get started that way. So it's, it's, been, it's been nice. It's been a good opportunity for us to, to really expose some of our members uh, opportunities to these kids and, uh, you know, show, so they can show an interest in, in what we do. 
Sounds like a great program. Um, and it looks like uh, you can find some more information on the Builders Association website as well. Yeah, so York, York Builders uh, Association website, yorkbuilders.com, as well as our social media pages, uh, Facebook, Instagram. I would be remiss if I didn't mention we actually have, uh, hold this up, 2021 resource guides available. Uh, basically highlight all of our members uh, with contact information. Um, you know, to me, when I see the York Builders Association logo, I think, uh, you know, reputable contractor. That's what I think. Um, somebody that's going to be there, um, you know, have all the, the proper licenses, um, you know, and really have, you know, hold their reputation in, in high regard, um, you know, and not only that, but do great work as well, warranty their work as well. So um, we have a lot of great contractors that could help you out with, with any type of remodeling project. Uh, we also, like I mentioned, have associate members that uh, whether it's marketing or advertising, different things, uh, real estate as well, um, anything with the home building community, but that resource guide's a uh, great place to start if you're looking to to do a remodeling job. Perfect. It definitely should be your first stop when you're thinking about anything remodeling, so is to visit the Builders Association. So yeah, I'm they often that say, I mean, our, our, our greatest referral source is past customer or, you know, refer a friend. Um, I know personally speaking, I would hope that somebody's next chance if they don't know who to contact would be the York Builders Association. I mean, it, like I said, it's a great place to, to look and, um, you know, interview some prospective uh, remodeling companies and, and uh, choose whichever one best suits you. Well, thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Shauna, for, for joining us today. I know that we're just a couple of minutes over, um, but we've covered a lot of great information today and i am not going to let you go without at least doing some fun stuff here um i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna catch all three or both of you in our i heart yoko triple trivia that we do to wrap up a lot of our podcast interviews uh so if you're not familiar with it i just there are three quick fairly rapid fire types of questions that are based off of the york county economic alliance's logo of i love yoko or i heart yoko so each of the questions is facing one of those pieces of that logo here. So our first question is uh, for the I in I heart Yoko, um, you'll have to finish this sentence and we'll start with Shauna first. So the sentence starts with the superhero or super villain that I think is most like me is. I'm gonna change it and say most like me or who I want to be like is Captain America. Um, I love Captain America. He is loyal. He is ethical. He has a sense of duty to his country. He's humble and he doesn't forget his friends. When everybody else gave up on Bucky and said that Bucky was a villain and couldn't be saved, Captain America stood by him and saved him. So we all should be a little bit more like Captain America, in my opinion. Oh, that's awesome. And you even went, you even went in depth there on that. So you got the uh, inside knowledge and scoop on it. I do. Well, I get the pat. Do I get to pass on that one since she did so well with hers? I, you know, how am I going to top that one? <laughs> that is a tall order to top that. Uh, if you want to pass, I can, I can totally let you slide on that one. But yeah, I think I'll have to pass. I'm not into <laughs> superheroes. I know I'm not into supervillains, but yeah, I'll pass on that. All right. Well, then you get to kick off the second question, though. Okay. So for the heart in I Heart Yoko. Obviously, York County is officially known as the snack food capital of the U.S. 
So with that in mind, what is your favorite Yoko snack? Okay, that's a good one. Um, it used to be Knobs Cakes because uh, that used to be our, our family business. However, I'm going to stick with the baking category. And this is going to be one of the most York County things ever said on this podcast, probably. But I'm going to go with maple donuts from Rudders. Okay, so I've got two right there. I love when I'm, you know, running a little bit late in the morning or something, need a snack. I'll stop at uh, York's favorite convenience store, Rudders, and I'll grab one of York's favorite donuts, maple donuts. Oh, that's a great answer. I and you know what I don't even think about it at being at Rudder sometimes but I can tell you I've picked them up out of that cabinet so many times but yeah that great double dip um now you've laid down the gauntlet for for Shauna to try to follow that up because that that was almost the perfect response to that question that oh definitely um well our family favorite at every picnic and barbecue we have to have Martin's barbecue waffle chips if we don't have Martin's barbecue waffle chips it's just not a picnic in our house so it's a good answer, especially this time of year. Obviously, cookouts are taking place, so you, you're right. You do need the Martin's potato chips and especially the barbecue waffle. So mm. perfect there. Um, all right. So we are down to the third quick question here, which is our final one. So this is on the Yoko portion of I Heart Yoko. What is your favorite uniquely Yoko activity or tradition? And Shauna, you'll get to lead us off in the last one. Oh, for me, it's definitely the York County Park System. I I love the Heritage Rail Trail. And, you know, I don't think many people recognize this, but I believe this statement is still true that York County has the largest number of county and statewide parks out of any other county in Pennsylvania. So we have lots of great resources to get outside and play and get some fresh air and ride your bike all the way down to the Mason-Dixon line if you want to. It's, It's a pretty great place to live when you have all those resources around you. Can't go wrong with the park system. You're right. Uh, we have probably one of the best hidden jewels in, in the entire country with the rail trail, but our park system is absolutely amazing too. So great answer on that one. How about you, Brandon? Uh, I'm going to have to uh, same for me. Um, I hit up the rail trail quite a bit. Uh, one of the other areas that I enjoy is Lake Williams, uh, the trails around there, hiking, walking, running trails. Um, kept me sane during the pandemic just to get outside there and experience you know mother nature and great views and and exercise so i'd have to say the park systems as well oh so we got a double shout out for the york county parks department so uh they do an amazing job and and as is evidence that you both agreed with that is the your favorite uniquely yoko item so well I know that we have run a couple minutes over. I do want to say thank you once again for joining us today. We covered a lot of information with an area or an industry that's got so much taking place. So thank you so much for for joining us for a half hour or so here to kind of talk a little bit about all those inner workings and what's going on and where we might be looking at in the future. So Shauna, thank you so much. Brandon, thank you. Um, We appreciate you taking the time and joining us here. Thank you. Absolutely. Jason. Thanks. Great being with you both. And uh, thank you for having me.